This episode has been brought to you by the Fresh Start Family free four-day live stream event called Unfrazzled that starts on June 24th. Details and registration info coming soon. So if you're not on our email list yet, be sure to hop on by heading to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash email so I can send you a personal invitation once registration opens. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am your host, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach, and we're going to be talking today about how to have a sense of wonder when we need to discipline as parents. And I'm doing something a little different today. I've done it once or twice before, and I decided to do it again today. But I am recording this episode and also doing a little live through Instagram because I just felt like I wanted to be together with the community this morning. We're we're just coming off of Easter, and I feel like my heart is just really open and um, just wanting that sense of community this morning. So uh, if you are listening to this episode when it drops... Uh, uh, you know, great on the podcast. Fantastic. Thank you for being a loyal Fresh Start Family podcast listener. We we love and appreciate every single one of you. And if you're listening to this or watching this on Instagram, hey, so good to see you. I think um, my heart always wants to get the messages that God puts on my heart to share with families all over the world. I want to get it out to as many parents as possible. Um, and I just thought this morning we could do that in a twofold way. I think there's a lot of beauty to listening to podcasts. Um, I just had a student actually ask us about um, inside of our Bonfire membership program. She asked us last week, hey, is there a way to make videos uh, start and stop like so you actually remember where they left off? And, you know, or the system remembers where you left off. And she says, I find it hard. I'll be in the middle of a lesson and then I'll have to stop and I'll come back later and have to kind of find my spot. And what we were fine, you know, my staff and I were saying was like, oh, you know, we think that's just kind of the standard in online course platforms. If you happen to be in an online course and you have that technology in your courses, let us know. We'll look into it. But, you know, um, usually you can't do that, right? But with podcasts, you can. So if you're listening to a podcast on the go, like the Fresh Start Family Show, and you have to stop and pick up your kids or whatever, change a dirty diaper. When you come back to it, it just, it's, it, takes you to the same place, right? Um, whereas I think Instagram is so fun because obviously you get to um, see my face like here if you're watching um, live today or watching the replay. You get to see me, right? Here I am in all my uh, after hosting Easter glory. <laughs> no makeup, hair in a bun. Um, I have a nice warm coffee. I love recording podcast episodes in the morning. Um, but this is me, you know, like I just, um, I'm tired today, but my heart is full. We had a wonderful Easter weekend here. Beautiful Good Friday service on Friday. And then wonderful service at Terry's mom's church. Uh, Gigi, we call her. And uh, then we had a big gathering for Easter. I made a banging meal, I must say. I made um, uh, salmon on the grill on planks with like a homemade honey, rosemary, lemon um, marinade that is just 
came out so good. I made um, homemade vegan potato leek soup. I made vegan um, uh, date and... Uh, what else was in there? Date brownies. Uh, that was just so good. And yeah, it was so good. We had like, I think 12, 13 people here. So I'm tired this morning, but this message was just jumping out of my heart. Um, and I just knew that I wanted to hop on right away and record it for you. Me and my punk, my podcasting team and I, we have this beautiful Trello board that we create with like all these pre-recorded episodes. You, you guys know we have so many incredible guests here on the Fresh Start Family Show. Um, and sometimes Terry records with me, sometimes I record alone. Um, and we'll have all, this whole plan, right, for the month, um, especially if we're, we're ahead of ourselves, which sometimes we are. Sometimes Sometimes we aren't. Um, and then other times I'll just hop in and say, you know what? This was dying. Like this was, God put this message on my heart and I just need to record. Girls, let's put it out this week. So that's kind of what's happening this morning. So um, this message kind of descended upon my heart yesterday, actually. Like I said, when we were at Gigi's church and uh, her pastor, who I love, we usually here in Southern uh, San Diego, California, we go to a church called The Rock, um, who has tons and tons of online services, uh, really great online services and worship you can watch from all over the world. You can just Google The Rock San Diego. But like I said, we were at Gigi's church um, Solana Beach Presbyterian here in San Diego, California, and I just love her pastor. So he had this beautiful message about, um, you know, how when Easter morning came and the women came and find that Jesus had risen, there was this incredible sense of fear and wonder. And, uh, you know, it was just a beautiful message about having and maintaining wonder throughout our whole life and especially our faith walk, um, because there are just so many seasons that are high and then there are so many seasons that are low, right? I know this particular pastor shared, you know, he lost his younger brother when he was nine, year, nine years old. His parents went on to get a divorce when he was 12 or 13 and just kind of struggled with so many questions, especially around his faith when he was in um, high school and college and then of course, went on to become a pastor. Um, but I just love the message and this idea that he really went into about fear and wonder. And and so I was just got out my notepad as I was listening to this beautiful service and just scribbled down all these notes today. And I want to talk about how we can have wonder throughout discipline when we are disciplining our children. Um, because if you are a parent with a human child, you are going to need to discipline a lot. And my experience is that God, if we allow Him, and He always has in my life, um, God steps in and always makes something incredibly wonderful um, out of hardship when it comes to kids making mistakes and misbehaving when you involve Him in the process and use compassionate discipline. So I'm going to tell you some stories today, and then we're just going to talk about this concept. Um, but I know that there are just so many families out there who are really hurting when it comes to discipline. They are stressed out. They don't know how to influence their children with, I always use the word, integrity. Um, and they might have a history of knowing how to shame, yell, threaten, use harsh punishment, spank. Um, and my heart just feels so tender and just yearning to support all families. But especially if you happen to be in one of these seasons, right, where you're just like, what is happening? Like, how do I influence this kid? Um, I just actually got an email this morning. I'll pull up 
um, someone wrote in and I could tell that they're just in one of these seasons, right? Where it's just like, oh my gosh, life seems so difficult right now. Like these children or this particular um, podcast listener, or I guess student, she's a student of um, my Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint. Um, so we have many, many programs here at Fresh Start Family. The Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint is like a very, very kind of, I say, entry level. It's a very short and sweet program. You can get in, you can get it done in an hour, and, and I'll teach you a four-step step process to setting firm limits and following through with consistency. I like to think it's a very, firm, in my opinion, a very magical process that if you become fluent in it, it really changes everything in your parenting walk. Um, but she had responded to an email I center just saying, hey, how's it going? And in parentheses, I wrote, how's it really going? (laughs) And she wrote in and said, we are still really struggling with parenting in general with our strong-willed kiddo. I've spoken with you regarding him previously during a challenge week. He's turning six tomorrow. We can't seem to find what motivates him toward good behavior. I feel like both of us give him a lot of attention. We give lots of choices and try to help him feel empowered. It seems to fall short and not sink in. Nothing is working consistently. He has big feelings and has a difficult time transitioning. He is now in the habit of throwing fits, kicking, hitting, and getting angry whenever he doesn't get his way. He's mean to his sister. He tends to choose the hard path. Our three-year-old daughter has a much different temperament and is honestly easier to parent. Raise your hand if you've got this where you're like, oh my gosh, one or two kids are easygoing, but this one is like way more difficult. I don't understand how he does so well in school academically and behaviorally, but he misbehaves and has major meltdowns at home. My husband and I are completely exhausted. I feel like we are no longer on the same page as far as firm and kind. He hasn't read, he, my husband has not read the content. I haven't finished the videos, but I read the course. That means she purchased, you know, a very small little program and then read, I think it's a 27-page PDF that comes with the program. So she says, I haven't watched any of the videos. I haven't, we haven't really done anything, but I did read the content, right? So she's she's just in the beginning stages of learning. She says, he seems to lean towards harsher methods of shame and blame and punishment. And I feel like I have to clean up the emotional mess after a blow up. I was like, oh no, alarm going off outside. Okay, we're good. Um, We are on a list for counseling. Most likely it will just be my son and me attending, but that is not till the end of June, any advice to share. So um, I got this email first thing this morning and I was like, gosh, this, you know, I'll respond in a little bit and and definitely let this mama know she can come watch uh, this live or this, listen to this podcast episode too. But this is me. This was me 10 years ago when I just was like, what in the world is happening? I just think it's so amazing how God, and this probably is going to be an emotional recording, and that's okay. I always teach you guys, emotions are good. They're not right or wrong. They just are. They're part of the human condition. But when I think back 10 years to really like how scared and I'm going to say miserable for a season I was when I was blessed with this very strong-willed little girl, but I didn't know how or like what to do to change our situation because it just felt like chaos. And then, yeah, we we had the same dynamic going on, right? We had a second kiddo who just had a completely different temperament, who you're going to hear me tell some stories today that... He is blessed in a different way, and he has different challenges, right? Like later on, we realized both of our kids are blessed with incredible traits, and they're polar opposites for the most part, um, except for they, they both like heavy metal and they're both great athletes. <laughs> 
just like mom and dad, yay. Um, but it's it's just it that season, I just related so much to this listener. And here's here's what I want to say is, you know, especially when you're just in the beginning of learning positive parenting and learning um, how to completely change the toolkit and the mindset that you are using with your children um, as you're raising these human little souls, especially strong-willed kids. Um, But it can just feel so exhausting. It can feel like you're so alone. It can feel so scary. Like, what if things never change? And I will tell you that changing your discipline strategy is one of the most pivotal things you can do to start um, healing the relationship you have with your child and helping them to behave better It and to heal yourself. Because so much of when we get like used to kind of trying to use these harsh discipline strategies in our home, um, a lot of it has to do with what we've experienced in the past and really what is just habit in our brains. We talk a lot here at Fresh Start Family about the neuro pathways that are just paved so clearly in our brains. Um, you know, I like to think of it as I grew up in the, the woods of Maryland, the sticks of Maryland, where, you know, you can go out the back door and be like lost in the woods in five minutes, like in a good way, if you're like hiking or walking. When I go home to visit my parents now, it's just one of my favorite things is just to go jog in the woods. Um, But there's going to be sections of the woods where, you know, there's a clear path. Like there's behind my house, um, there's someone over the years, you know, I grew up in the same house my entire life. Horses have come through, people with horses, and they kind of pave these these paths. And so if you're walking through the woods, you always know that those paths are going to be easier to follow. So whether it's people with horses or whether it's um, deer that have come through, those paths are paved. So they're easier to take those paths. And that's a lot of times what happens when we, when we step in and we need to discipline our kids. It's usually... It's the neuro pathways that are already paved in our brain that we describe as the easiest or feel like they come so naturally to us. But it's just because a lot of them, a lot of us grew up with them, right? So, you know, we're talking so much about compassionate discipline this month here on the Fresh Start Family Show over on Instagram too. And my Bonfire membership program, we're talking about sibling conflict and rivalry, which a lot of times leads to discipline, right? Because it drives us insane when our kids fight and hurt each other. Um, But yeah, it's like compassionate discipline really requires us to have the bravery to pave a new pathway. And many of us were raised with harsh punishments, with spanking, with hurt, with shame, with threats, with really bad blowups in our home, and then like barely any repair, like if we're being honest, right? I mean, raise your hand if you grew up where fights would just be insanely crazy, or you would get threatened that you were going to get a spanking. And then the next day, like when everyone woke up, it was like, good morning, like, would you like syrup on your pancakes? (laughs) It's like, wait a second, we just had like a full-blown crazy fight last night. And like, you know, I don't know. And now we're just like back to normal life. The point is those neuropathways are really paved. And it doesn't mean that they're healthy. It doesn't mean that they're going to get us great results as we're raising human beings without shame that are not going to need endless hours of therapy when they're adults. (laughs) Hey, look, I think therapy is absolutely just normal. Hey, it's like everyone in the world should have a therapist. Like everyone should have a great life coach. Everyone should have a parenting mentor. Like these are just 
great things to have in life. And I think there's those of us who are raising kids in this generation with this work, especially like I think of all the students that are in my Bonfire Support Program, my Foundations Towards my foundations course students, graduates, like their children, I I just know it, you guys. It is a next generation that is healthier. They're going to need less therapy. <laughs> we talk about how as parents, like no one gets away without leaving air quote marks on their kids, meaning um, we all are going to make mistakes. Like this work is not about perfection. And we're going to make mistakes. We're going to say things to our kids, right? We're going to have moments where we do something, especially with discipline, like my story, right? I'm going to tell you in a little bit about the, you know, one of the two times I spanked Stella. I laid hands on her. I left marks on her, right? And I didn't just leave marks on her that day in her body. I left marks on her mind, right? And I've done a crap ton of work to learn to really receive the grace from God and forgiveness around that and not carry shame about it. So I can talk about it now and I can share with you guys, right? And again, in a little bit, I'm going to share some some really beautiful stories that have reassured me that if we can stay in a sense of wonder with God, like, what is God going to do through this? How is he going to strengthen our family? How is he going to strengthen our own hearts? How is he going to um, teach us something? How is he going to help somebody else? Like, who knows, right? And I think that's what's so cool when you think about, you know, like the scripture fearfully and wonderfully made. I think there was so many, a long time where I was just like, what does that even mean? And fear until I really started to understand how it's used in scripture a lot. I really was just like, oh gosh, you know, here's that fear word that somebody in the Christian space is going to, you know, tie somehow to making sure that your children fear you, they fear God, they fear discipline, they fear the consequence, which oftentimes, again, in Christian circles is spanking. Um, And I was just like, oh my gosh, what, like, I don't want to hear you cite this scripture anymore, right? But then, as I did, more and more, um, you know, Bible studies or, or deep mentoring mentorships with my dear friend, uh, my dear mentors at church, or um, just really spent time learning and reading over and over again L.R. Nost book, uh, Jesus the Gentle Parent. I was just, you know, reminded and learned that fear is really different in the American language than it is in the Hebrew language. So um, fear in the English language often is, you know, associated with an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat, feeling afraid, showing fear or anxiety, causing or likely to cause people to be afraid. Horrifying, right? Again, this is in L.R. Nost's book, Jesus the Gentle Parent. If you happen to be a family um, who loves Jesus, this is like, you have to have this book. You have to read it. It's like, you just have to. It's like having a Bible. You have to have this book if you are a human parent. And then she breaks down. So this is the lexicon in the back of the book, the Hebrew-Greek lexicon. It's, I just, I reference this a gazillion times, especially when I teach in the church. Um, But in the Hebrew uh, definition or translation, the word is yara, W-I-R-A-H. And fear means to see or be seen with intense clarity and intentionality. Have a heightened awareness of wonder, amazement, mystery, astonishment, overflowing emotion. 
And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's like so different than the way, you know, like it's been translated for centuries and centuries, right? That um, fear is like this, oh, you better fear God, right? And it's like, it's it's a sense of wonder. It's a sense of astonishment um, that I think is just beautiful when you can just stand in reverence and, and awe of what God is doing in your life. You know, this is the same concept of like, kind of, it's like, you know, you don't really know what type of tea bag it is until it gets dipped in boiling water, right? Like, it's really easy to be kind and compassionate with someone who's like, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Like, yes, I'm the neighbor who's easy and always is, you know, like, I'm telling you, we got some drama going on on our block right now. We've been in our same house for 16 years, you guys. We've had multiple seasons of like major drama with neighbors. And I always just think to myself, oh, God, what are you going to do through this? Like, what's what do you got cooking? Like, let's do this. Let's serve. Let's love up on our neighbor, which by the way, you guys, your children are your closest neighbor. They just live in the upstairs bedroom, not the house next to you. Um, but yeah, there's just right now some drama. There's, um, you know, some people have developed mental illness. It's heartbreaking. I think COVID has just really broken a lot of people, and it's just now starting to come out um, mental illness more and more. So yeah, so it's a sense sense of wonder and awe of like, okay, what is God up to here? Like, how am I going to trust Him that I have the capability to teach when it comes to disciplining my kid after they've made a mistake, after they've had a misbehavior, with compassion, with grace, with firm kindness, um, with connection, right? Like, what are you going to teach here, God? What are you going to show me? How are you going to humble my heart? Quick pause so I can remind you how important it is to mark your calendar for June 24th through July 1st. Because look, I know summer gets busy, but I want you to make sure that you are going to be available to join us for our brand new free four-day live training event called Unfrazzled. Registration is not quite open yet, but once it is, parents on my email list are the first to know, and we will have limited seating due to our online webinar platform that has a maximum room number. We are expecting thousands of parents from all over the world to join us. So if you're not already on my email list, make sure you click on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash free to hop on now and get a personalized invitation to Unfrazzled as soon as registration is live. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Right? And so I think just those of you who might be newer to the idea of compassionate discipline versus punishment, or those of you who have been students of mine for a long time, and maybe you're in the bonfire and you come to weekly coaching every week and you still catch yourself flipping your lid sometimes and still like swatting your kid's butt or whatever it may be, like you still think like there's a little section of your brain that's like, well, I know 
I fully believe. And at the same time, I still think just maybe it's okay to like bring in some fear and force every once in a while, right? Like, you're normal. You're human. You are welcome here. Everyone is welcome at the Fresh Start family. And you're you're on the perfect journey, right? You just have to stay in a place where you are asking questions and believing what is possible. So I love to be someone who just has gone before you and is sharing the stories, right? Like, yes, I'm a certified parenting educator. I'm a certified life coach with hundreds and hundreds of hours, right, in the certification process, hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of hours now at this point after doing this for a decade of helping and coaching families get to higher ground, right? We have um, a success story document for our bonfire support program. By the way, you can always join the wait list for the next time we open for that, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash join dash bonfire. It'll put you on a through to a wait list. But we have a Google Doc now, you guys, that's 800 pages long of success stories. So many of them are families switching up their discipline and getting magical results. But it's really important for you to also remember, I'm just a mom, just like you. I'm, I'm a mom who is struggling, you know, on some days more than others. Nowadays, thank God, the parenting is just more fluent, right? Like I feel very, very, very fluent in this ability to understand how to apply these concepts into my daily life. But, you know, I have days where my mindset is crap and, you know, I'm just, I'm just a mom, just like you or a parent. If you're a dad listening to this, I'm recording a podcast right now in my converted garage, right? It's like, there's still stuff that my kids left out that I probably asked them to put away two two days ago, right? Like I'm just a normal mom, just like you. And we are together in this, but I hope that my stories that I tell that I believe are completely just beautiful, especially when it comes to discipline, I pray that they inspire you to know what is possible, that you don't have to keep doing it the way that feels against your moral compass, that feels against your soul, that makes you just hate parenting when you go to bed at night and makes you say to yourself, well, I wish I didn't have to be the mean mom, but she gives me no other choice or I don't want to yell, but nothing else works. Like, no, there's a different way. And I'm going to tell you some stories just to give you examples of what that looks like. But I want you to remember that our job is not to understand, like in the beginning, is not to understand the how-to. Like, I know a lot of people are like, well, Wendy, if I if I give up spanking or if I stop threatening, like, what am I, what else is there, right? And I'm like, okay, you just have to trust that there is a way and it is freaking glorious. It's glorious. And then you have to step in and get support, get help, get actually get yourself into a class where you learn what the tools are that replace the traditional punishment. But you have to first and foremost believe that it's possible. And then trust God to show you how. I really believe, like I hear students tell me all the time that I get put in front of them, right? Whether it's an ad on Facebook or someone shared a podcast or whatever it may be, like right at a pivotal time when they were breaking. Like I have a mama right now in my Become a Parenting Coach certification program. By the way, if you're you're interested in that, um, DM me or email me. Uh, we have a high-level certification and mentorship program with me every year if you want to become a coach certified in the Fresh Start Family Approach. But one of my students in that, this is this most amazing mom, you know, I'll never forget the day 
she it was about two years ago, but she messaged me and she's like, this is crazy. She was like, I was literally on my floor just crying, sobbing because I had just snapped on my little girl and popped her like in a way that actually like, you know, her, her nose, like there was blood, there was blood. And she's like, I am so ashamed. And I can't believe that that's what I'm resorting to, to try to teach this little girl to stop misbehaving. She's like, but I just felt like I was at my wits end. And I cannot believe like, and then this ad, or she didn't, I didn't even think she knew it was an ad at the time, but she said, and then your message, your video like popped up as I was sobbing in the bathroom, just feeling like the worst human on earth. And here you are, like, I need to know more about what you teach. And I feel like this is a God-given answer. And I was like, you're right, it is. Like, yes, I pay for ads. I spend a lot of money on ads to find you guys to say to you, you're not alone. I'm here to help. And I do believe, like this amazing mama says, that God is in Facebook ads. But just trust. Trust that it's possible to get to a place where you no longer have to shame, threaten, or hurt your children in order for them to learn how to behave better, how to uh, learn very important life lessons, and I promise you the how-to will come. Okay, so I want you just to keep asking yourself, what is God up to here? How is he going to strengthen me? How is he going to humble me? And it's really important to always have the vision, right? So as you're hearing my stories today, I want you to remember, there's. I think we have a tendency to worry about what if it doesn't work. You know, I grew up with a dad who worried a ton, like worry. And granted, I mean, he had a childhood that was really intense. Like there was so much that my dad had to go through, um, poverty, like a a severely mentally ill, I guess, um, a younger brother, uh, you know, just, just a lot that he went through. And so he developed a pattern of worrying, right? And I think as a culture, we have that anyways. Like it's much easier to think about what if something doesn't go well? What if something doesn't go right? Um, and so I feel like I kind of inherited that, maybe from my dad, but also just from culture, right? Like, and now I, I that I've learned that that doesn't work to get what you want. I teach my students to really spend the time visioning what you want. Same thing when we're teaching our kids or disciplining our kids. Instead of spending so much time focusing on what you don't want, which traditional punishment does, spend time on what you want. Like vision it, imagine it. Like imagine if you're in a place right now where discipline feels like crap and you're sick of spanking spanking your kids, but you have been told it's biblical. By the way, the last two episodes of the Fresh Start Family Show, you have to listen to um, if that's your background. But episode 122 with Connected Families, 123 with Tiny Camps, so much good conversation around discipline and spanking and all that good stuff. It's just, it's it's so good to remember that visioning is important. Focus on what you want. Like, how would it feel in whatever, six months, a year, two years, and then even imagine yourself 10 years out like me. So now I have a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old who are thriving in life, who every time we have a challenge, we solve it with dignity and respect together. And at the end of the discipline, 
or the conversation or the activity, whatever it may be, we feel closer as a family. We are more united, right? Like imagine those of you, like the the mama who wrote in this morning who has the toddler or the young child who is like getting in trouble all the time um, with you, power struggling, throwing fits, hitting, biting, um, shaking the baby, pulling the dog's tail, refusing to put on their shoes or sit still at the dinner table. Um, just imagine 10 years out when this little human being is thriving in life, when they are like Stella and they're th- a thriving high-level athlete, when they're a thriving high-level musician. Stella's a drummer. She's a volleyball player. Um, they are thriving getting straight A's in school. Strong little kids when they are supported, are incredibly tenacious oftentimes with their grades. They're often off, off, often brilliant, um, thriving in friendship groups in a time when there is so much chaos and like cattiness amongst teenage girls. She's just thriving in life, right? She has a healthy body image. She has a healthy mindset about herself. She understands her strong-willed personality and knows knows how to use it for good. She also knows how to forgive herself and give herself grace or receive grace from God when she has moments that she's really unkind to her brother or just a pain in the, you know, like a pain, whatever. Like she has the ability to learn from her mistakes without shame. Like this is all going to happen for you too. You just have to picture it. You have to imagine it. And I'm telling you, it feels like a million bucks. It feels so good. And to know that you supported your child to get there, not because you broke their will or because you made sure they know who's boss and didn't get let them get away or didn't let them win, but because you just stood by them and did the time and showed up and expanded your heart and learned new tools and strengthened your family. So it's just really important that you focus on your vision, okay? Okay, you guys, so what do you say? I'd give you some examples here, okay? So I'm gonna give you some examples here where when I look back, I just have the the biggest sense of just awe and astonishment about what was what God was doing in our life during this season, during this challenge, Um and how much he taught me, how much he taught my children. Um, you've, you've heard me talk about this book possibly before, but I'll mention it again. There's a book called The Little Soul and the Sun. And I just love it to solidify this concept of God's always working, especially through challenges. And you never know who um, is going to give you the opportunity to practice developing traits like compassion, forgiveness, self-control, unconditional love, um, kindness, gentleness, right? Like we need people in our life to help us develop those traits. Like you are not a patient and forgiving person if you have people in your life that are always like who are never messing up. So of course our children give us this opportunity 50 times a day, right? Especially if they're strong-willed, especially if they're in a power surge season of life, which is between the ages of two and six and usually like 11 to 18. Um, they're going to give you opportunities to practice, okay? So how do we just stay in this sense of like, okay, wonder, awe, I am safe. My children are safe. I have an opportunity to teach here. 
And you guys, there's lots of different tools you have. There's lots of different methods, right? I'm going to touch base on redos and makeups and role plays and I am statements. Like you'll hear me talk about some of these tools today, but um, if you want to learn more, you, I, I have my free workshop about compassionate discipline um, that you should join me for because it's just an hour and I'll teach you deeper concepts, right? Different, like a deeper understanding of what logical consequences look like. Today, I'm going to give you some examples, but that free workshop, you can join me, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline. Yes, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline. Okay. Um, also, we have a free guide you can always grab if you want to actually like work through how to create logical consequences that are related, teach responsibility, are respectful, and are reasonable. In order to be compassionate discipline, it has to hit those four R's. And I have a free guide that I'll kind of walk you through step by step and give you a worksheet that you can like fill out when you're going to bed one night just to kind of help you prepare to teach with integrity the next day. We always are going to encourage you to, like, especially if your kid is tired at all, get everyone a good night's rest, get your kid the nap, let everyone's brain come back to like a neutral state. You cannot learn, you cannot teach when you are like, when your amygdala is lit up. Do a planning guide, like put on your creative thinking brain, and then come through with the logical consequence. That's like the best way to do it. Um, so that free guide, you can download freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline guide. Okay. All right. So here's some personal stories of discipline that um, have just been really a big deal in my life. Okay. So um, I told this story on a podcast interview the other day, and I was like, man, this is a great example for you guys to understand. So when Stella was about 10 and a half, um, she was, and I'm going to give you some toddler examples. I'm going to give you some older teen examples. But when Stella was about um, 10 and a half, she was part of a band, um, and she started to have uh, pizza with her friends before band practice. Um every like Thursday night or whatever. And so it was like right across the street from band. And it was like an intersection at the entrance to a shopping center that I deemed as dangerous. Like I was like, I don't want you and your friends walking over to band after you have your slice of pizza. I want you to go up to the stop sign and cross the street. And being a, you know, a tween, especially with some older kids, um, she, there was definitely temptation to cut corners and just go with the flow, right? Like be like everyone else, like raise your hand if you can remember being a tween or a teenager and standing out, like being different was the worst thing ever. Like for me, I just wanted guest jeans, just like my friends. I wanted like a normal car. I didn't want my, my dad drove my grandmother's like old yellow 66 Chevy Nova. And I was like mortified. I just wanted to have a normal car like other people or just wanted to wear jeans like other people. So obviously, you know, it's just a stage where you're you're learning about how to stand on your own two feet, how to say no when everyone else says yes. So, so I dropped her off one night and uh, we had this agreement and then I pulled to the side so she couldn't see me and I just, whatever, checked email or something and and waited because they would only eat pizza for like 20 minutes. And then um, I watched as she came out with her friends and I could tell she thought about it for a second, but then she crossed right at the dangerous part with her friends. And you guys know there are a million things I could have done in that moment to like really embarrass her. 
to shame her. Like how many of you have seen things on social media where they literally like make signs and then make their teenager hold them on the corner of like, I chose to disobey my dad or, you know, I could have yanked her and um, after practice and yelled at her and shamed her and made her come home and write a million times, like I will not disobey my mom. I will not, I could have grounded her. I could have um, kept her back from pizza and said that she's not allowed to go to pizza. I could have taken away her iPad or whatever. Like there's a lot of traditional punishment I could have done. I mean, there are people who are still spanking their kids at 10 and a half. I could have threatened a spanker. I could have spanked her. Like, um, this is all examples of traditional punishment. But by this point, thank God, I was very fluent in the process. You'll hear me tell some stories where I was not fluent in the process. Um, Remember, discipline is a fluency practice, you guys. It's, It's just a fluency. Like, there are so many students in the beginning and they're, you know, they learn, like we have multiple um, classes in our Bonfire Support Program and our Foundations course, but especially our Bonfire Support Program that teaches in depth, like how to and examples about compassionate discipline, especially logical consequences. But in the beginning, a lot of times students are like, "Ah, I just feel like I get frozen. Like I don't know what to do. I have trouble following through or like, oh, and I'm just always like, don't worry, you're going to get, you're going to get um, fluent. You just have to keep practicing. Just like if I were to move to Mexico and, you know, um, two months from now, like I would still be like, uh, I don't know what to say, like at the grocery store sometimes or whatever. But a year from now, like if I kept, if I was entrenched in the culture and like lived in Mexico where no one spoke English, I would become fluent at speaking Spanish and it would just become second nature. The neuro pathway would be paved and it would become like habit to speak it, right? And that's what happens with discipline. But um, thank God I was fluent. So I went home and I was angry, of course. And I was like, Terry, you know, we talked about it. And um, so then I decided when I picked her up that we would have a discussion and I would most likely uh, have her do a redo and just teach her more about her body and her safety. And like, you know, I always tell my kids a story of, and they've heard this story many times, but I don't hold back on telling it again and again. But um, there was a little girl who um, who was hit by a car when I, on the street that I was growing up on that my parents still live on to this day. Um, she got off the school bus and she was crossing the street and she got hit by a car. And, um, you know, she was never the same the rest of her life. Uh, She was mentally and physically disabled for the rest of her life. Her dad still lives on our our street, still a doctor, still has a home office. He's got to be like 80 years old now, but he still has his home doctor's office. Um, But it was heartbreaking, right? Um, I tell my kids that story all the time. I tell my children, um, I have a friend who held a neighbor's little boy as he passed away, basically. Um, He ended up fully passing away at the hospital, but she held him in his arms after he had been hit on his bike. This is here in Temecula, California, about five, uh, four years ago, Um, because his mom was too hysterical. Like, she couldn't hold her little boy while he passed away. She was so hysterical that he had gotten hit by a bike. But these are real-life situations, and they're not to scare our children. They're to let them know that cars are dangerous, right? Like, there's a reason why we have firm rules, and our entire life would be like, oh my gosh, right? Like, this is a time to pour into your children and say that you are so important to me. And you learning how to keep your body safe 
is so important to me. And I will never lighten up about these roles, right? Like I will always be here to keep you safe and to teach you how to take care of yourself because I'm not going to always be with you. Um, So we had this beautiful conversation and uh, it then pivoted into like beautiful, like vulnerable conversation and tears around how, um, you know, at the time she was like, it's just so hard to be different, mom, because at this time still we have we have been on the no iPhones out in the world thing for a while. We're one of um, the very few that has the same roles as, as an eighth grader. Um, Stella is like literally no one, no one she knows is not allowed to have a phone tethered to themselves 24-7 out in the world. Stella does not, right? Like we're full-blown. Um, we just advocate for... <laughs> To do it, uh, to do it differently. Um, both my kids have Trumi phones, um, and when she graduates from eighth grade, she can make her own decisions and she can start working if she wants to have an iPhone out in the world. But I feel really good about how it's helped keep her safe and helped her brain develop in a really healthy way to keep that out of her hands. But she just, we had this beautiful tear-filled conversation around how it's, it's hard to be different, mom, and sometimes you and dad have such firm rules and harsh rules, not harsh, um, like really intense rules and my friends don't. And I got to just hold space for her and listen and help her understand that that must be really hard. And I promise her one day she's going to, she's going to understand, right? Like it'll, it'll be easier to understand when she's a little bit older. And so long story short, we decided we were going to do this. Um, so I went, and uh, the next week, uh, when it was time for her to get pizza, I was like, okay, I trust you. You're good. See you later. Um, high-fived her. Um, you got this. We agreed that she was going to do a redo where she would go have pizza and then cross the street where she was supposed or go to the stop sign to cross the street, speak up if her friends were like, no, no, let's cross here. So same thing. I pulled to the side where she couldn't see me, and I just watched, and and she did it. She did the redo. She put a new imprint on her brain. And I watched as her kids, her friends walked out and she said to them very vocally, hey guys, let's walk up to the the corner. My mom is worried, you know, even if she didn't say anything, I don't know what she said, but she walked to the stop sign, which was like two steps away and crossed the street. And it was that simple. And later when she came home, I said, thank you so much. And then I forget if it was that night or the night after I was teaching, I was presenting, um, at church, I was doing a big um, presentation or whatever for this church that night. I came home, and she was asleep, and she had left a note on my like nightstand. And I still have the note. I'm sure it's in here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in here. This is my file of like compassionate discipline that I've used with my kids or students for the past ten years. I mean, it is huge, you guys, and it's in here somewhere. I know it. I have this note saved electronically too. Um, But she basically said like, mom, thank you so much for caring so much about me. And then she went on to say, thank you so much for teaching me how to like take care of myself. Um, I forget everything that she said, but she went on to say like, I want to be just like you when I grow up. (laughs) And then she had like drawn this little picture And she just said, I love you. I love you so much. And I was just like, whoa, (laughs) holy smokes. Can you imagine, you guys, if I would have done that differently and punished her, right? Like, it it just would have been such a different experience. So fast forward, 
maybe a month or two. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Not a month or two. Uh, years. So she's 14 and a half years old now. Here in Southern California, e-bikes are like, I, I mean, to be a kid now with an e-bike is just, I, I, it's the most fun thing ever. Like I, she saved up for years to get this e-bike um, and she, she wanted to get the nicest e-bike she could. She literally saved for like two or three years. <laughs> bought this e-bike with her money and you know us like we are so strict about the rules and the helmet and everything and the training i'm telling you kids roll around here without their helmets buckled they got kids on the back without helmets they're on their freaking iphone like literally on like four lane roads i'm like where are your parents where are you this is not okay but anyways terry was coming home from um taking terry to school one day in the morning and he was at a, like, somewhere where Stella could not see him. And he's positive she could not see him. But she and, like, six other kids um, all rolled up on their e-bikes. And um, they had a choice to make. And there was, like, Stella knows you have to push the button and wait for the walking guy. And, um, and all, Terry said he watched her. And she had just missed the what we call the walking guy. And... Uh, And these other kids were just like, whatever. They just blew through even though the walking guy was not there. So basically that means like it is – there is people taking turns are more likely to hit you. Like this is a one, two. I think it's – it's either a – I think it's a six-lane road. El Camino Real in San Diego in Encinitas. It's a six-lane road where literally people do 60. And Terry said he watched her as she pushed it and she just was like kind of a little disappointed, but she just waited the full like five minutes till the entire light did its cycle and then as he was like pulling away she she went through on her bike without it right and I just thought dang like if that's not an example of how compassionate discipline worked to teach a child not to feel like bad about themselves that they made a mistake but to actually teach them the importance of taking care of themselves and to have self-control when mom and dad aren't looking then I don't know what else is so I love that story Here's another one about Stella. I know this podcast is going to be a little bit long, but that's okay. All I think I just am so passionate about compassionate discipline. So, okay, another another example for Stella is um, back when Stella was three years old, we used to go to a gymnastics center where she did classes. And this was like before we had like – internet out in the world. And I was working in corporate America. I worked um, in the action sports industry. And I um, was an executive assistant at the time for the president of this company. And he was a perfectionist. I was a perfectionist. Like, But on Fridays, I was allowed to work from home again. This was like before the whole world changed. And I just was always like so proud that I like negotiated this deal. But I would take Stella to gymnastics and then I would work on my computer while she was, she was doing gymnastics. And then you know, I'd like squeeze it in so then I could still make a call when I got home if I had to be on a call with the directors or something. And this one day, she did not want to get in the car. And I was like, come on, Stella, like, come on. And this was like right before, let's see, this was before Taryn was born, I think. So yeah, this was right before I found positive parenting. And I just remember I would get so mad at her. And I think looking back, I was really scared. I was scared I was going to get in trouble if I didn't make the call on time. I was scared my boss was going to realize that I was like juggling working from home and taking my daughter to gymnastics. I was just scared, right? And I and um, she wouldn't get in the car and I got really upset at her and I decided to spank her in this parking lot. Um, 
to really make sure that she knew who was boss and to get in the dang seat and that she couldn't do this. She was it's not okay. And uh, I just remember her freaking out and her just screaming the entire way home. I remember my nervous system just being so lit up, the scarcity thoughts that were fueling through my brain of like, why is my daughter so difficult? Why does parenting suck so bad? Um, all these things. And we got home and whatever, I probably had to like bribe her with fruit snacks or put on a show because when you're practicing, when you're using fear and force as one of your main tools, I always, always, I'm telling you, 99.9% of the time, a family who is using those are also using bribery and rewards. It goes hand in hand. Like, trust me, I know it. I know it well. I see it in people, students who come to my work. I see it in my own journey. But at that time, like... Fruit snacks. Like we would get her like any. We would any if you had fruit snacks. These little Welch's fruit snacks um, that were like you know marketed as healthy. Then you could get Stella to do anything you want, right? If you put on a show, you could get her to do anything you want. So I'm sure I, I did that. Whatever. So we we got through that, and thank God it was like probably six eight months later that I found a positive parenting class and started learning a new way. But a few years later. Um, we were at the same gymnastics center. And again, this is like an example of like wonder and awe. Like, what is God doing here with my own personal journey to learn a different way? Like, God, what are you up to? Like, this is bigger than me and my girl. Like, yeah, that was a traumatic event for us. But like, he's up to something as long as I keep listening. All right, so as I mentioned earlier, it is almost time for our brand new live training event called Unfrazzled to start in late June. So hopefully you've got your calendar marked and you'll be registering to join us as soon as we open up the registration page. But I know some of you are itching to know more about what we're going to cover. So here's a few more details to help you get pumped. Firstly, I'll be teaching you about why you feel so rattled when your kids misbehave and how you can calm your nervous system, calling in safety to your body and your home so conflicts can be solved effectively and with grace, dignity, and connection. And I'll help you say goodbye to the days of feeling frazzled and impatient and help you say hello to a summer where you fully step into states of peace and empowerment. Secondly, I'll be covering some of the most common mistakes even the most well-meaning and highly educated parents make that are causing a feeling of stuckness when it comes to stress and drama in your home. We're going to clear out the cobwebs, so to speak, of your nervous system so you can feel calm and confident knowing how capable you are of implementing a powerful, positive parenting system into the daily fabric of your life. So misbehavior, aka your kids being human, no longer rocks your world and shakes you to your core, but instead is just something you handle with ease, flow, and firm kindness. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash save the date to mark your calendar now. Listening. So we're at the same center and I was on a, we were at a play date with a friend from church who I had taught in a church class. So she had come to one of my classes at church um, at The Rock, San Marcos. And um, she had a little boy named Taryn. And by this point, I had a little boy named Taryn. But her little boy, Taryn, was like my little girl, Stella. So he was the strong willed, 
one that was like giving her a run for her money. She was freaking out. Like husband was not on board. Husband was using fear and force and spanking and all the things. And she was just like, Wendy, please help me. So she was like, can I just ask you a few questions? I'm like, sure. So we got together through this play date and I had just been like, you know, supporting her and counseling and encourage her. We had lunch outside on these little picnic tables and she goes, okay, well, I guess we need to go. She's like, watch, I'll show you. I'll show you what's going to happen. You'll get to see how difficult he is and how it's literally like impossible to get him to listen if you don't yell or threaten him or whatever, something like that. And I was like, oh, let's do it. (laughs) And by this time, I was much more fluent. And so I said, okay, well, let's use some of the things I've taught you as far as power struggle dissolving. A lot of times, guys, power struggle, like power struggles is what turns into revenge misbehavior and discipline. Like, I'm sorry, punishment. Because punishment, guys, I teach you in the foundations course, is basically a version of revenge. Trust me, I teach you why in the course. But but that's usually how it rolls. So it starts out with the power struggle of like, get in the car. And they're like, no. And you're like, yes. And they're like, no. You know, or they just don't do it or they run away or whatever it may be. And I'm like, okay, let's let's practice some of the stuff you, you did in um, class, girl. She's like, okay. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. And so um, I said, okay, Taryn, I think it's time we're all going to go. And so I started to just roll out the tools. So I was like, okay, I need help. I've heard that your car is really cool, but um, I don't know. Do you want mom to be like the captain of the ship or are you going to be the captain of the ship this time? And he was like, oh, I'm going to be a captain. He was three years old. Or no, he was probably two and a half. He was really little. He was so cute. And um, and he's like, I'm going to be a captain. I'm like, ooh, okay. Well, will you sh- can I see your ca- like your ship? Like, what is the name of your ship? And he was like, oh, whatever. I forget what he said. And I'm like, okay, well, um, do you want to get in like fast like a racehorse? Or do you want to get in fast like a cheetah? Like, which one? He's like, cheetah, cheetah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, do you want me to time you? Um, or do you just want to like count to yourself to see how many seconds it takes you to get in your car seat? And he was like, oh, you time me. And so I got out my phone probably or something. And I was like, okay, you got this. Like you are the president of the ship. And you are also in charge of letting us know when we can get in because, or we can go because mama can't drive until everyone's buckled up. So you're in charge, you're the president or you're the captain and you got this. And I'll just never forget like watching his little like chubby hands. He had these like adorable little chubby hands and he was working so hard to get the like five point harness to buckle and he was just so happy and excited to listen and cooperate and those were you know I just used a few tools from what we teach in our power struggle lessons um, or you know power struggle dissolving lessons and uh, I think it was probably you know within a matter of two minutes he was happily in his car seat and he was high-fiving me and we were just like okay it's so good to see you buddy let's do this again next time and, and I looked over and his mom was just like jaw open just like oh my god he never does that for me. And I was like, I know, girl, I just give her a hug. And I'm like, you're just learning how to use the tools. Like, trust me, you have options, right? Like the threatening, the tones, like all that stuff, we sure think it's going to work, but it doesn't. And so she drove away and, and it was like later something hit me and I realized like, holy crap, there's the same exact parking space that three years before that 
I had chosen to hit my daughter and tell her that something was wrong with her because she was so defiant defiant and disobedient. Like the same exact spot, you guys, with a little boy that has the same name as my little boy. And I got to teach another mom how to do it differently that she didn't have to hurt her kid in order to get him in the car seat. Like it was just a very profound moment for me as an educator and as a teacher. And it just felt like such a blessing and an honor to be able um, to change the narrative of the world based on a personal experience, right? And so I just know God was involved all up in that. Like, I just think there's no mistake that it was the same exact parking spot. And um, I just feel thankful that I have the ability to repair and make amends with my daughter, right? Like, I've had so many great conversations with her about, you know, making mistakes are just a part of life. And a lot of times our oldest, you guys, they are the ones who we make the most mistakes with, right? Like all of us should spend a little time tonight, (laughs) like kissing the heads of our oldest one, giving them some extra attention and love because they take a lot like the brunt of a lot of our mistakes, right? Because, you know, by the time the second, third, fourth comes along, you just, you learned, you learn that you don't want to do it that way again. Okay, so that's an example of... um, That was more just like dissolving power struggles, but it still was like tied to discipline. Um, Okay, here's another one. I'm going to give just a few more and then I'm going to wrap up this this episode. Okay, um, so another one that I love is, again, because our Bonfire private support community is studying sibling conflict and rivalry this month, at the end of that lesson inside of our Bonfire video library, so... The Bonfire is basically like a Netflix for positive parenting. So our foundations course is set up to like teach you the foundational concepts, positive psychology, positive parenting. Like it's very foundational. Every family in the world, right, needs to have this course. And then the Bonfire, I've spent the last four years building out an extensive amount of lessons all on particular things. So like um, sibling conflict this month, we have compassion discipline, we have setting firm limits, we have um, power struggles, we have revenge behavior, we have um, attention misbehavior, we have inadequacy misbehavior, we, like the list goes on and on. But this month we're studying that. So this is um, one of my favorite lessons because at the end, I decided to film one day. Um, the kids were still pretty little at this time. I feel like Taryn was four and Stella was probably seven. So this is back when they were like, okay, with me filming now, they would never, they're like, mom, it was okay when we were young, but do not take pictures of us. Do not film us anymore. And I'm like, no problem. I fully respect that. Um, but they got into an argument. So my two kids quite fight quite a bit. Like they are, they are strong in their personalities, like in their voices. And I like that, but it's definitely one of my Achilles, my Achilles heel as a parent. Like it's for the most part, what triggers me the most, I should say I get the most triggered by sibling conflict. But anyways, this day they were bickering and Stella um, pushed him as we were going out the front door. We were on the way to, on our way to the park and she pushed him and he fell into the rose bushes and bloodied his finger. Now I know I'm extra triggered by this because I grew up with an older brother who was incredibly unkind to me for years. Like he was just jerk older brother who just like pushed me like, you know, I laugh about it, but 
I have a bully victim lesson in my bonfire video library, and I talk a lot about the relationship with my brother, but it's tough. Like, it was it was tough to have an older brother who was such a jerk to you. But I know that hurt and that kind of trauma back from those days gets triggered every time Stella makes a mistake with her little brother, right? Because I was the little sister. So I know so much of it is about me. Um, but so his finger gets bloodied and I'm like, okay, you guys, well, that's it. Like, we're not going to the park. We're going to come inside and we're going to do some activities so you guys can learn healthy conflict resolution. I am not okay with you pushing and hurting one another. So we came inside and I filmed and we spent probably 45 minutes doing um, win-wins. We did I am statements. We did um, a a redo after all of this. Um, We actually like they spent time writing out and like doing charts. Like when I feel mad, I can blank. That's one of uh, my favorite tools for compassionate discipline. But we probably did about four different activities in that 45 minutes. Um, And I just remember Stella, Taryn, just kind of being like, I don't want to do this. And Stella saying, you know, Taryn, just let's just get it done with because you know, mom, she's not going to let us go anywhere until we get this done. (laughs) And I was like, you're right. We're not going anywhere until we have a new imprint on our brains. And so after we got finished, I was like, okay, the last thing is we will do a redo walking out the front door. And you're still, Stella, going to be tempted to push your little brother because you're a normal human older sister who gets annoyed with her little brother. And little brother, you're going to be tempted to mess with your older sister because you're a normal little brother who can be a bugger sometimes. So you're still going to do that. But this time you're going to practice like Stella, you're going to practice the self-control of not hitting. And Taryn, you're going to practice the self, like redoing or uh, making amends and saying like, hey, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, sister. Something like that. But it was beautiful. We redid it. They got down the front stairs without hurting and hitting and pushing one another. I gave them a hug and then we went off to the park. Right, And then we only stayed probably 20 minutes. It's right at the bottom of our stairs. Uh, Whereas before, we probably could have stayed an hour. So it was like they felt the discipline. They felt like, hey, we could have had an hour, but because of the choice we made, we only had 20 minutes, right? Like there was a lot of components of that that were really, really impactful. Um, And then last one, you guys, is um, this was a really intense one that happened when Taryn was little. I talk about this, I want to say like in the silver linings uh, lesson inside the Bonfire Video Library. But man, this one was really intense. Um, And this is one of those ones that I'm like, man, just in wonder and awe of how God has used this to shape my heart um, so tremendously. And here's the story. So we, this was like right in the beginning of me deciding I was going to become a certified parenting educator. And um, we were at the park with all of my best friends. And uh, one of them in particular was like, you know, at the time, like, um, you know, it's not that she didn't support positive parenting, but she definitely at times was like, hey, like, I just believe a different thing. Like, especially when it comes to discipline, we have like a lot of um, conversations over spanking and stuff like that. So I just knew, you know, she she wasn't fully on board with it. And that was okay because she was one of my best friends. And it's all good. Like, it's okay to be different than people you love, right? But that night, my little guy, who was uh, three years old at the time, um, and he is my, like, more easygoing, soft-hearted. Like, this is the kid 
that literally when there's ants that get in in the summertime, like in our bathroom or something, he cannot kill the ants. He has to take them out. Same with bumblebees. He like saves bumblebees from the road. He's just the most caring kid. But that night he made a mistake. Him and my friend's little boy were on a play structure and they were all playing tag and Taryn pushed him and he fell off and he ended up uh, fracturing his wrist. And let me tell you guys, I was mortified. It was like, I'm going to say, I don't know. It it felt like I went into a mini depression for a few days because I was just so freaked out. Like, what am I doing? Why? Like, is this ever going to even work? Like, am I crazy? I'm now like developing a coaching business. And here I am with a kid that's like hurting other kids. I just remember sitting there with her little boy as like she went to get the car, just weeping, crying. Like I had put Taryn in the, the, um, the stroller and like turned him around and had him like looking at the bushes while he was like crying because I just could not even like deal with him in that moment. I was just so, I think I was mostly so scared that people were judging me. I was so scared. I felt so bad for this little boy um, who at the time we were like, you know, we didn't know if it was fractured, but he was, he was like, it hurts really bad. And so his mom ended up having to take him like immediately to the ER. Turns out it was, it was, it had a little fracture. Um, but I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like people are watching me. And I, and I remember at the time she would text me and she, you know, and she's like, look, things happen. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Blah, blah, blah. Told her we're going to do, we're going to, I'm going to do so much compassion. To, I'm going to do so much discipline with this kid. Like, I'm going to make sure he understands like the mistake he made, blah, blah, blah. But I was still new, right? I was still learning the language that I wanted to use. Um, but I remember her saying to me, well, what is your discipline going to be for him? And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like, you're judging me and like, ah, what do I do, right? So I ended up sending him to grandma's house for three days. Like, thank God for grandma. She had just moved here when he was born. And she and I said, I am just so spun out on this and I don't know what to do. And she said, just let me take him. Let me take him for a few days. So this was, I always joke, the longest pause break. We teach something called pause break or heart connectors in our program. The longest pause break or heart connector I'd ever done. <laughs> and thank God, by the time he came back, I knew like how I was going to teach him. I had a plan. I was able to look at him. Because again, like I had processed so much of the like shame and fear that I had about the situation. Of course, during this time, I had been in touch with with my friend. Um, we had made sure we paid all the medical bills. We had, um, you know, just had been in conversation with her to make sure she was supported and her little boy was supported. But once he came home, my little boy, we then went into doing um, makeups and letters and uh, role plays and redos. And um, we ended up like the time this little boy was like really into baseball. So we purchased like, um, we got them like a night at um, the San Diego Padres, just as a makeup. Uh, Taryn sent letters for like a few weeks just to say, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Thank you for forgiving me. I made a mistake. Um, And we just did a lot of role plays and redos at the time. Uh, Again, that's something I'll teach you in the the free discipline class. But uh, you can actually use Matchbox cars or Legos to actually teach your child how to act different, 
even when they're tempted or when they're angry or when they're in this situation, honestly, you guys, it wasn't, he, he wasn't angry. Like this is not a kid that gets angry. Like Stella, yes. Stella literally has, like we have a story of her, one of her best friends in elementary school. I was at the park one day where she pushed her little buddy off this like two-step thing and she was mad. She wanted her to get out of the way. Taryn is just different. Like I realized after I processed through the emotion while he was at grandma's, he made this mistake because he was excited. He was overexcited. That's why he laid hands on another kid. And I just can't imagine if I would have chosen, because I swear I thought about it, you guys. I was like, man, am I crazy? Should I just spank this kid? Because there was plenty of people that, you know, would have told me, like, this is this is how you teach this kid. Like, he needs to know, right? Like, do I spank him? Do I, I don't know. There was just, but, but if I would have, I just cannot imagine what effect that would have had on this little kid's brain. Because as the time went on, I realized this was just a mistake. He was just excited. He just was a little boy who liked to wrestle and he was kinesthetic. Like this is the same kid, like I said, who literally cannot hurt a fly. And if I would have dis- or punished him in a way that made him feel worse, Um, about his mistake in order to try to make him feel better, I just know how much it would have affected his soul. Because years later, as, um, you know, Taryn got a little bit older, we realized that he's our kid who struggles a little with anxiety and self-doubt. Separation anxiety was really, really intense um, when he was in kindergarten and first grade. He He's the kiddo that has a tendency to be, you know, he'll make a mistake if he spills um milk or something, you know, he'll have a tendency to snap back real quick with like, man, I'm such an idiot. And I can't even imagine if we would have punished him too and made him make sure that he felt really bad about what he did. Um, it just would have compounded his his journey with his own mental health, right? Like, um, and so I just think like, man, thank you, God. Like you knew, you knew that this little boy needed so much grace and compassion. And this other family too, I think about how this affected them to have them watch a family who did not succumb to society, right? Like, and actually I was having dinner with this dear friend of mine who's still one of my best friends just the other night. She had a big birthday. We had a great night celebrating and she was going around the table telling us all how much she loved us. And she looked at me in the eyes with tears and said, Wendy, you know, I think of you all the time when I'm challenged and um, you always help me remember to stand up for what I believe in, even when other people don't agree with me. She's like, you've shown me how to do that. You've shown me how to be rooted in my own belief systems. Thank you. And it was just the most beautiful exchange. So I think, wow, God, what were you up to? What were you up to back then? Like you're not only affecting my heart, Um, But you're affecting other families. And I mean, I could just go on and on how much I think it probably had a big imprint on this other family, right? And it all came out of this really intense mistake. So I'll finish with this. Um, A few years uh, later, Taryn was probably six and a half or something or six years old, and he was in the bath. And I used to buy this like nice organic bubble bath. And um, I... uh, came in one day and he had poured the whole thing out. He probably wasn't, no, he was probably only like 
four and a half. Maybe it wasn't three years later. He was still really little. And my kids used to do this sometimes. They would pour out the like $17 organic bubble bath and I would get so mad. I would get so mad. And um, so I came in and I'd seen that he has dozen. There's bubbles everywhere. And I just screamed at him. I like just freaked out. I screamed at him. What are you thinking? Like, you're in so much trouble, whatever. Um, and then I just went in my room and I just remember crying, just being like, oh, why am I still doing this? Like, I'm a teacher now. Like, why, why, why? And uh, I finally got myself together and I came back and I said, Taryn, I'm sorry. I was not okay. You do not deserve to be yelled at. And I'm not okay with you pouring out the bubble bath. And I'll just never forget this moment. He looked at me and he goes, Mama, it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. I forgive you. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. This is, you know, like I said, I probably was four or five at the time. And that's that's what God is up to, you guys. That's a big deal. Like, I believe our world needs so much more forgiveness and compassion and grace. And I just don't want any of us to ever forget that God is up to something when we choose to use dignified tools to teach our children how to repair mistakes, how to learn from mistakes, how to make amends, how to repair relationships how to change their behavior tomorrow, not because they feel bad or guilty or shameful about themselves, but because they truly want to. They truly want to operate in a way that is in line with their moral compass, with their heart, because they look up to us, because they want to be a contributing member of society, because they want to help bring peace to their communities and their schools and their world not because they're scared, but because they really want to do it different, okay? No one gets out of this life without making mistakes. Like, it's just a part of life, especially children. So many children learn through doing. So, all right, you guys, that's what I got for you today. I know that episode is going to be a little bit long. Thank you to my sweet uh, uh, assistant and podcasting agency for... (laughs) doing all the show notes for this episode. But guys, as always, all the links that I mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes page for this episode. Um, So big hugs, lots of love. I hope that this was just a continued great uh, conversation about compassionate discipline that helps you just really soak in confidence that you can teach your kids important life lessons with dignity, with grace, with compassion, with firm kindness, guys. Because remember, this ain't about being permissive. We do not have permissiveness. Like, I will tell you, I should tell you too, that after that situation with Taryn, he never has touched another kid in his life. Like, it works. It works. <laughs> this stuff works, you guys. So lots of love. Thanks so much for caring about your families. Um, as always, if you haven't yet, uh, leave us a review over on iTunes. They really help us get seen in the iTunes world, Fresh Start Family Show. And then also screenshot this right now. Hey. <laughs> screenshot this and share it, you guys. Share it on social, tagging me. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy over on Instagram. Share it on Facebook. Text your friends and family and neighbors who um, might just be in a tough season with their little ones. Um, This episode will give them hope, will give them context to what it looks like um, to do it different when it comes to discipline. And uh, just thanks so much. Lots of love.
For links and more information about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 124. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I loved recording it for you. It's now time to save the date for Unfrazzled, our free multi-day live training video series that starts on June 24th. Just head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash save the date to mark your calendar now. And if you're not already, please hop on our email list over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash email since families on my email list are always the first to know when registration opens for our free events.